Welcome to Last Chance Theater. I'm Laura. And I'm Justin. This time we watched Center Stage. Starring Peter Gallagher and Amanda Schull, I think is her name. Amanda Schull, yeah. Um, Schull, yeah. This, like, literally the people that I... Oh, and Zoe Saldana is there, which is the probably the bigger name that's there now. But the people that I recognized from anything else were Saldana, uh, Amanda Schull, and Peter Gallagher, who... Um, distracted me a lot with his weird eyebrows and his like lip gloss so going into the movie um, i guess what did you think it was this one was about before you like do you have any thoughts about it before you saw it or well you told me what it was about last time you said it was a ballet movie so i was like okay it's a ballet movie and, and i asked you it was a musical and you said no and so i i pretty much knew what i was getting into beforehand i was like <laughs> well i guess that's good uh, but it's funny because a lot of this movie is dancing, like a lot. <laughs> like, it's a dance movie, <laughs> and that sounds like a weird. Yeah, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but a lot of this movie is dancing. Like I was like, oh, there's a lot of dancing in this. Like people are dancing constantly. One of the first things I noticed about this movie uh, going in was that um, <laughs> that uh, it it's from 2000, so it's from before like the rise of color grading. Like I think the only things that were color graded before this were like maybe Seven and like Fight Club and stuff like that, where they're really green, you mm-hmm. know. And the Matrix, but like movies, just like everything now is color graded. So like watching this, I was like, oh, everything's so warm and it's shot like in natural tones. It's weird. <laughs> and you know, it was obviously shot on film. It was like 35 millimeter, and so. You can, like, that's the other thing I noticed. I was like, oh, I forgot how film movies used to look. Like, I don't know why this movie kind of triggered that since we've watched other things that were clearly shot on film, too. But this movie definitely, like, it felt like a movie shot on film, like, um, in an odd way, I guess. Just being so, so more, much more recent than, like, Newsies and stuff and Heathers, but also still shot on film. You know, this is like this is a movie from 2000, but to me, it actually holds up really well. Like, there's nothing in it aside from some like the clothes that like scream like this is 2000. <laughs> the clothes don't, and I think because of the nature of the movie, since it's a ballet movie and it's about ballet dancing, that nothing the the pop references hold up really well. I will say that like at one point, I was like, oh, we have a special guest appearance by the Twin Towers, which is clearly before 2001. And they were on the Manhattan Bridge. And then a Mandy Moore song I completely forgot existed started playing. I was like, well, that dated this whole movie right there. Because <laughs> I don't remember the last time Mandy Moore had a song. And I forgot all about that song. And then, like, the towers aren't prominent. But, like, they're on the bridge. And Manhattan Bridge is, like, overlooking from the water, like, that side of the city. And, I mean, that that was one of the things that kind of felt like it was an early 2000s thing. Also, his apartment like, it's the same thing on a rent. Like, when they go to an apartment in, like, one of the boroughs in um, a movie set in New York before, like, 2007, everybody's windows are so large and no one has any goddamn curtains up. And I'm like, how do you sleep in this place? Like, if you had to sleep in a day and there's no curtains and your whole wall was a fucking window, like, what are you going to do? Just, I guess, just deal with the sunlight pouring in. I mean, it, I guess it would depend on where you live in the city. Like, if you've got lights outside your window, if you can even see most of the sun. <laughs> I mean, like, he was on some kind of waterfront because, like, they show out the window and you can see the towers again across the water, but it's so, so smoky or, like, foggy or something out there at that point. I was like, oh, what's going on outside? Is it, like, you know, I thought it was, like, a, like smog at first, but 
it might have just been like the fog outside because they they use some real window shots like obviously and then there's also some in the dance studio that are clearly like a painting outside mm-hmm. and um the painting ones are the there's a there's a studio they go into where they're all like lined up against a big window and they're dancing against that backdrop and that's that's the one with the painting and um yeah and that we're going in like a weird production direction with this movie but it, it is kind of funny because dance movies are typically shot differently now like they like like a lot of dance movies are shot by music video directors mm-hmm. and not real directors and it, it makes for a different type of thing. It's the same way like when you have like a trailer a director, you know, or a trailer studio do a movie and the movie feels weird and wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, it um, does. That's what happened to Suicide Squad. Like they let a trailer studio come through and like mess the whole movie up. And so it's weird to see this movie shot this way because a lot of it, it's shot like this is almost shot like the way that like john wick is shot where they they show somebody dancing and instead of cutting away from the person or hiding their face so they can use a stunt double you can go oh it's it's actually the actor dancing because they they like just kind of keep the camera centered on them and if it's not the actor dancing they're doing a good job of hiding it because you really don't see any of these shots where there's like a person's feet in frame without their face or whatever it's like just full body shots a lot of the time only two of the actors in this movie did not have formal training before the movie and that was actually susan may pratt who plays maureen and shakeem evans who plays uh eric well maureen dances so little comparatively right and eric does dance some but a lot of his dancing is in background or off to the side or it's just he starts a move and then doesn't do anything right. with and it. i mean they do use a lot of body doubles for a lot of the larger ballet scenes um those are actually real ballet sequences and stuff for some of those yeah. But yeah, it's they picked actual dancers and a figure skater for all of this. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, Saldana, like I can I see where she gets her, you know, Gamora fighting abilities from cuz a lot of that stunt stuff is her and I see why now because she's like flexible and like athletic and she's a lot skinnier here though, like a lot lot skinnier. I can see how that could translate into this. Like it's funny because the people I recognized um, the other one, I don't have a, a cast listing for her. I forget her name, but the female ballet instructor is totally Dr. Octopus's wife from Spider-Man 2. Oh, it's, her name is Donna Murphy. That's what her name is. I, I don't know why it sticks in my head. And the movie, her name is Juliet Simone. Yeah, she dies like super early in Spider-Man 2, but I don't know why. Every time I see her in something, I'm like, oh, it's Dr. Octopus's wife. <laughs> I was going to actually jokingly tell you, I, I forgot to do it, that, that the movie went fast because I just fast forwarded through all the dancing. <laughs> I was like, oh, she'll be really mad about that. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, well, um, I will say this before I, I go too far and forget forget to mention it. The special surprise I wanted to tell you about was, so the three first movies are all on Hulu and I watched, there's only three of them. There's not a fourth or anything. I watched the first like, 30 minutes of the other two and after i watch this and uh it's pretty hilarious so i can go into that later because i have like <laughs> notes on those and then like one thing i noticed about comparing the three of them, the three movies two is definitely the lowest budget one and like the worst looking like i don't even understand how that is like two came out like eight years after this it movie and it looks like it was no 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 two two 
2 is from like 08, isn't it? Um, it's set 12 years after, so. Oh, weird. <laughs> like, I thought, because the, the, re- the most recent one was like last year. And then 2 just looks like, I thought it was my TV at first. I, I thought, oh, honestly, my, I have not like seen the, the two sequels. Um, the, the, so I know the I know that, that the first sequel was it was a full theater release in Australia, but it was shown on Oxygen here in the U.S. And then the third one was made by Lifetime for the U.S. So they're essentially TV movies, and I had no interest. Did in you seeing look those. at anything about them? A little bit, like I had seen commercials and stuff, but they were so tonally different, even just from like the marketing. That I was like, I don't want that to taint my love of the original okay so yeah turn it up is the second one it came out in 08 and then third one came out in um 2016 and it's called on point they look a lot more influenced by um the channing tatum jenna dewan step up movies than they do the actual center point or center stage movies well so the second one like from what i saw of it is the hardest to watch because the acting is way worse and um, I'll just go into it right now because it's pretty funny. Like, it's it's a funny comparison. So the second one, I watched the first few minutes of it, and um, it has a credit roll that looks like it belongs in Fast and the Furious. It's got, like, these weird, like, red credits, and they, like, slide back and forth and vanish. And then, um, uh, what's his face? Cooper is back, and Jonathan is back. Right, and I know Charlie's in the third one, but... Yeah, Charlie's in the third one. Um, and it's funny because, like, there's, like, a through line of like what Cooper's doing. And so like they went to the, they, they did the whole Ghostbusters sequel thing where they, they had people who were, who were on top of their game and fine at the end of the first movie. And so they couldn't really just like make a sequel without messing their lives up. So in Cooper's case, they're like, Oh, his ballet company's out of money. And so he comes back to teach at the school and the, the main character girl, cause I didn't watch the whole movie, obviously, but she doesn't get accepted to the school. And so she goes and becomes like a like street dancer or something for money because her car gets towed. And that's where I kind of <laughs> stopped the movie. But it, it sounds like so the younger sister from the second movie is the protagonist of the third movie. And it's actually the same actress. Like, so they must have chosen to do like either they must have taught her to dance or they chose her because she could dance. And um, my favorite like bad lines in the second movie, which is like right at the beginning She's talking to this guy in the record place where his car, where her car has been taken, and she asks like to get her car back, and he's like three hundred bucks, and then she goes, "You're kidding, right?" And then he's like, "Do I look like Eddie Murphy?" But like, it sounds like the line should have been, "You're joking, right?" And then she should have said that. I was like, "Oh, that's badly written. Like, was that a translation error? Like, I don't know what happened there." And so that was like the weirdest point for that that movie. And then the third movie is a lot more polished. Like, it looks like a movie made in 2016. The colors are brighter. And then the story in that one was they did the same exact thing again. They went and they said, oh, um, now this time the American Ballet Company is out of money. And they need to bring in, like, modern dancers to, to like, spice things up so people come back to the school. And, of course, uh, Peter Gallagher's character, uh, Jonathan, is, like, super against this. But then he goes and, like, thinks about it. And he's like, I don't want the school to close. And so they do, like, auditions. And uh, the thing I learned is that in the second movie, the main character becomes, like, some kind of ballet star, like, from just dancing on the street and on YouTube videos. And so she's, like, world famous now. Like, everybody knows her. And, like, her younger sister's kind of embarrassed to, like, say her name. So she, she doesn't want to be, like, associated with her because 
It's like being in her shadow. And then the young sister goes to the school and gets accepted as like a new modern dancer because they're trying to like, they do like a half modern dancers, half ballet dancers. And of course she's like making eyes at this boy who's like a ballet dancer. And uh, there's some really bad stereotypical gay characters in the movie, which is like really sad. And um, there's a lot less dancing in the third movie than the other two. Um, that's about it, really. Charlie's there. <laughs> okay. And there's a lot of there's a lot of slow motion. So I had notes on both those movies, sadly, and it's pretty funny. I thought, but um, I I'm actually kind of surprised that you picked this movie because it's it seems it seems kind of like unremarkable in that it doesn't seem like it's like a bad film. It seems like it would it it is the kind of thing that I feel like slipped by and just. Like, I'd never heard of it until you told me about it last week, and I didn't really look into any of it before, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... But you said it was... It, it's oh. a movie that... I don't remember the first time that I saw it, but I have seen it countless times, and it's it's one that it always makes me very happy. <laughs> so I really enjoyed getting to watch it, as always. It just, it's... It, <laughs> it, it feels good. Like, it's... It's very much like a kind of like a slice of life movie more than it is like there's a big crisis that needs to be solved or anything like that. There's no like contrived like plot things like no one's like keeping like a secret from someone for their own good or anything like that. It's all just how are these people dealing with what's going on in their lives? It's kind of funny you say it because like that's one of the funny things that, that compares to the two sequels is that there isn't like the school's closing and they have to save it. It's just like these people are coming to the school to learn, and that that is that is weird to think that most movies have a problem where they think that if they make a conflict, it has to be like the best conflict, like the biggest conflict, like world ending or you know city right, like, like it's going to shake like the, the whole city seem too up, high but. sometimes, and this like the stakes are high. For all the characters personally, but not like as a whole. It's like uh, it's like a Yu-Gi-Oh game. Like everything is going to end the whole world. <laughs> um, and one of the things, you know, yeah, the stakes don't seem that high for like the school or you know overall, but the, the personal stakes are really high because these people are trying to obviously do this professionally. And then it it's got that kind of like Mario Kart feel where like no one's really mad at each other at the end. Like everybody, there's no real enemies. Like, you know, people are misunderstood in their like stubbornness or whatever. Like Jonathan is mean, but then Zoe Saldana and him are like, okay with each other later. And she's okay with Juliet later. And Maureen and her mom, her, Maureen's mom might be the most villainous person in the movie. And like, she just kind of leaves. Her mother is terrible. Her mom is a racist. And her mom is. Was she racist? What she she called racist? Zoe Saldana trash. Oh, she and called her trash. They never, That's I right. mean, she, maybe she's not necessarily racist, but there, there is an undercurrent of racism in the ballet industry. And it's something that this movie could have addressed and it slightly did with that, but it didn't go into it, which probably didn't have like the scope or anything like that, especially in 2000 to do that. I think that they kind of, they, they, they hint at it multiple times earlier with Zoe Saldana, but you know, like they're like, Oh, she's got a bad attitude, but I think the attitude thing is more, you know, it's not like a product of her, her upbringing, but it's more a product of her having to, you know, deal with so much bullshit on the regular that's kind of being pushed on her and she's just pushing back. And right, but it's never like explicitly she, addressed not, as any kind of like racism or anything like that. 
Well, yeah. unless, except for the point where Maureen's mom calls her trash. <laughs> Zoe Saldana isn't just like mad when it's her that's getting attacked. Like she jumps on um, on Juliet about I think it's Emily she's attacking. No, it's, no, it's Emily about funny Jody because Jody takes a lot of like the criticism Jody. in the first half of the movie. So does Emily. They call Emily fat multiple times. Well, that like, can choose after out, but it's, she's not as important of a character, so it doesn't. Oh, she's she's not even like so. The actress has only been in one thing, and it's this movie. <laughs> and um, she leaves like most like halfway through the big the she's movie. She's about three quarters of the way through. Never comes. But like she kind of like checks out earlier than that, and then they just like have her actually formally leave. Like there's a there's a big chunk of the movie where Zoe Saldana is not there either. Like she she vanishes for like a middle portion, and I almost thought I missed her getting kicked out at some point. I was like, <laughs> oh maybe she got kicked out. And I just was like looking away or something. And you know, even the people that do some pretty horrible shit like Cooper, like they're just okay at the end like they're just like yeah you're a bad you're a bad boyfriend cooper and then she's well, I mean, like, I think that's just, it's, it's kind of real life it's he's not like a villain or anything he wasn't setting out to hurt anyone necessarily he was just being selfish um and it's a little weird that and if you think about that jody chooses to go with him because he kind of treated her horribly but she does stand a better chance of you know having a better career because she'll be a principal instead of in a, the chorus like he was horrible to her, but I think that she also realized that he's the only one who like believed in her too. In right? A way. Like, like he, she, he understood her talent who, better than like Jonathan did, and he wasn't griping yeah. on like the same things because he has that vision of a different kind of ballet. That was kind of the thing was that they were they were going for her choosing something professionally, and then you know still obviously going back to the Charlie guy who also is barely a character like. It feels like one of those love triangle things where Charlie's going to clearly lose out, but he doesn't, and he's just not there very often. Like, well, it's because he kind of he didn't have a lot of growth to go through. He was already a good dancer. They already wanted him. Yeah, I mean, they, he was just a nice guy. They dance. They dance at the beginning, um, in that salsa club, and then they just don't do that again. Um, like they go, like they go out, they go out and they dance, and there's like this whole like long sequence of the salsa club, and they're like everybody's dancing. And I remember thinking like this is the clearest dance floor I've ever seen in one of these clubs. Like there was like so much space for people to move around, and I was like, oh, it's very nice of them to leave all that space for people to walk around in. <laughs> no, I, I do enjoy Charlie though, just like especially like near towards the end of the movie when he picks up on that Cooper is who Jody has been seeing. And he just gets like weirdly aggressive towards him, and it just cracks me up every time, because he has ultimately I mean, no reason to be upset at him because he doesn't know initially that things have turned south. He's just really mad, <laughs> and he just like starts challenging him to dance offs. That's great. I think that he gets that something's wrong because, like, let's be honest, Jody seems kind of dumb. <laughs> like she, she, she goes into situations, and I'm like, oh, you know, like when she brings that, I guess it was cookies she brought to him, like backstage, and, and that's why I kind of was like, he's kind of a villain. Like he's kind of like mean. He's he's dismissive of her in you know personal life, and Cooper's mad at at Jonathan because he took. Uh, Jonathan took his girlfriend and he kind of like gloats about it and like Jonathan's a dick and the best part is there's this really weird cut where it's like it's it's the most strange edit I've seen in a while in a movie where they they go to a scene at random where they're in the studio talking 
And it's that it's that scene where Jonathan um, says, "Well, I got the girl," and it cuts immediately after that to something completely unrelated. And I was like, "Why did they show us that right there? Like that could have happened anywhere in this film." <laughs> um, I almost feel like they took it out of another spot and slid it there because they must. I, I feel like there was something happened where they were trying to move something around in the movie, and they realized that that there's came a, after another. There's scene. a deleted scene. Um that where uh cooper and uh kathleen his ex-girlfriend are are practicing for their um stars and stripes number Mm. and uh it's a lot about cooper showing off in front of jonathan right there with kathleen there and then the the old cougar woman with all the money comes in and It it lays the yeah, stage for some like, of that is stuff, Cooper but it, it's, with it's, this lady or not? it's so much more about like all that relationship that it, I think that's why they cut it because while all that stuff is happening in the movie, they're not the focus of the movie. The movie is also very like, the movie is also only like one hour fifty five minutes long, and they must have been trying to keep it below that two hour mark. Um, there's there's also this this is one of those weird it caught my attention, but it's a background thing. There's a Mac desktop in the background at like fourteen fourteen forty four mark. And it's, I don't know, I guess it's the old way it used to look, but it's the weirdest looking thing. Like, it's like a flat screen monitor. It's square. It's like glowing for some reason. Yeah, that's how old Macs are. They glowed. <laughs> but it, the but it's a flat screen. It's not, it's not the bubble back um, iMac we're used to. And then it also like, it was like a super tiny monitor. It was like a 13 inch like square monitor. I was like, what is happening behind her there? Like, it's a really it weird thing so to weird. nitpick like, about. <laughs> I mean, it's glowing. It's in the background, and it's actually glowing. And I was like, "What the?" F-? Like, at first, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a computer monitor." Like, it looks like some weird future Tron shit. And I, just, um, I don't have anything to say about that because, like, I've never noticed that. <laughs> and then, and then, like two minutes later, Cooper has the tightest pants on. I was just like, "Oh, this is very upsetting." Like, he's like walking around, and like his bulge is all on the screen. And so that was really bad. They're doing a ballet, him and his ex-girlfriend, who I didn't like that character at all. She was kind of a bitch. Yeah, I think she's um, supposed to be. She doesn't really have much of a personality other than just trying to make other people around her feel bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, her whole purpose is like, oh, I'm going to dump on these other characters. And then Emily looked like a discount Michelle Trachtenberg, which, uh, you know, they could have just got Michelle Trachtenberg at that point. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg <laughs> but- was like 15. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, okay. So I don't know how old they have to be, but in these, the these third characters, movie, taking fourteen-year-olds. Well, this in this movie, they're like roughly eighteen because this is what people are doing instead of going to college. But the school has younger people at it. We see, we see right, like that's a, a class of younger but girls. That's not so. This movie is about a specific program, like oh, okay. The the there is a, a school for younger kids, but they don't like mm-hmm. live there. Like they're not necessarily in the dorms. Like they take class there. And like Maureen was from that school, right? right? Like she comes up, yeah. So this is a, this is a yeah the this this program that the movie kind of focuses on is is a year long, like kind of intensive boot camp. Yeah, that feeds directly into the company. It's how the company chooses new dancers. You talked about um, what movie was it? We watched it where it happened. Oh, it was Heather's. So in Heather's during uh, some of the editing process, I found that you were talking about there not being enough people like kind of addressing eating disorders in movies and so this movie does address it directly again Mm -hmm. i don't think it 
I mean, it addresses it for sure about Maureen, but it addresses it from a standpoint of her unhappiness, not the fact that I think that it's much more prevalent in ballet than they're showing. Well, I mean, it's it still, it, it addresses it in two ways, because that, that's the main thing on Emily, is that they keep grabbing about her weight and telling her to go see a nutritionist. And then they, they go with Maureen, and she's, like, vomiting a lot. And then the, the you know, the Bobo Paul Rudd guy who she's dating um, comes in and, like, he knows what's going on and kind of says it's unhealthy for you. So, like, at least they addressed it. Because, I mean, it's, a, it's addressed as much as it was in Heather's, at yeah, least. Yeah, no, Maureen's boyfriend, like, whose name is Jim Gordon, of all things. <laughs> oh, no, no. I actually noted that. Down. I was like, Jim Gordon? Like, Batman? <laughs> like, from Batman? He is so much more attentive to like Maureen's like emotional needs and her own mother who is like super involved in her life. Like when she finally tells her mother about the eating disorder, mom's like, you're just watching your weight. It's fine. (laughs) Well, well the, the, the boyfriend character, it's funny because there's some characters that are like, like outside the main cast, but they're, they're kind of there a lot. Like more like Maureen's boyfriend and Cooper's ex who just kind of have, like, a singular purpose. Like, there's nothing that Maureen's boyfriend does that's wrong, really. He's just, like, his only purpose is, like, I'm a good doting boyfriend. And then, like, the the ex-girlfriend that Cooper has is just, like, I'm just kind of mean to everybody, and that's my purpose. And I, I guess I guess he does do that one creepy thing where he keeps calling the school. I mean, in the context uh, of the of the movie, it's, it's presented as very charming because he just he really wants to meet her and get to know her. But it is it is weird if you think about it a little too long, like because <laughs> he starts like it's standing the, outside you know the what? school, like waiting to see her. You know what though? Like if you think about it in this context, that he really has no way to get a hold of right. her other than call the school because there's no cell phones yet. There is a cell phone like way late in the movie. Someone pulls one out and starts using it, and I'm like, oh, I forgot those existed because like no one has well, used one yet. For most of the movie, back- no one really needs to. Like people when they talk, they talk face to face. Like yeah, they're all in one spot, and um. So it's like that was kind of funny to me, but the Jim Gordon thing, like I had to pause it at that moment. I laughed really hard about that. Um, <laughs> I forgot that they named him Jim Gordon. I remember just... his name was Jim, but I did not remember it was Jim Gordon. Well, they, they don't say about that once. Like they, they, they're like a Jim Gordon's been calling for you. Oh, like the commissioner. <laughs> like is he calling because there's been some crime issues? <laughs> and it was, but he looks like Paul Rudd so much. That yeah, I was like, is that Paul Eon Rudd? Bailey, That's not Paul Rudd. <laughs> like he's on the first season of Buffy as well. Um, and he's in some other stuff. Who's who? He's part of the pack of hyena kids. Oh, God. Season one of Buffy is <laughs> some weird shit. I tried to watch it again recently. I was like, oh, this show used to be really weird. Like, it got better as it went. Yeah, he's, yeah, every time I see him, I'm always like, that looks like Paul Rudd, but it's not Paul Rudd. And he's also on Once Upon a Time. Like, I feel kind of bad for him because I think that's really screwed his career over, so he's not Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, you could say that, but, like, Jesse Eisenberg's career started out as him being kind of like Michael Sarah. So it's, I guess you can, you can always do yeah, better. Yeah, but I mean, he's picked roles Michael that, like, Michael Sarah would never do. So that's helped. But, like, Eon Bailey kind of picks roles I, I, that I are, think... like, so kind of similar to what Paul Rudd kind of picks. So it's not really working. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> I could totally have seen this being Paul Rudd, and and I could also see it being like even Chris Pratt from that time, like Chris, like old Chris Pratt from was it the OC he was on? Like I could see it being that kind of character. Like he's kind of like the jokey sort of like cheerful guy, and he takes her bowling, and she's like she's dumbfounded by the idea of bowling for some reason. She's, I was like, that not poor girl has like never had fun in her entire life. Like 
She's just always done dance because that's what her mom's wanted her to do. And she's the only character who actually like willfully quits too, because everybody else is just like, oh, you know. And and everybody gets their happy ending. Like Eric gets in despite having a broken foot, uh, whatever. And then um, uh, it's just a sprained ankle. You know, it's not a broken foot. That's spring. That's right. They said it's like for a few weeks. Right. And then Zoe Saldana gets gets to dance, which is funny to me because that whole scene was great because she comes in and like basically Peter Gallagher like shitting himself like and people are clapping and happy about it and he's like as it goes on he's like oh I guess they're not fucking my thing up so it's okay and it's one of those things where you um you understand like in a in a real life setting in a movie today there'd be some kind of stop 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 and he'd go up there and like make them stop the production and there'd be a whole shouting (laughs) match but in real life like in this movie he wouldn't do shit because there's a packed house and he would just sit there and take it because if he does anything to fuck it up he's gonna fuck himself right because it'll look like he did not plan it and that he'll look out of control exactly it would look more like he has no control over his studio right basically what happened because these girls just do whatever the fuck they wanted and, you know, where's the understudy for that? Like, she just was like, no, I'm going to give it to you. And then you go out there. Well, I think, I mean, I think that just shows kind of how much Maureen has changed by the end of the movie. Like, she previously did not care for Eva, Zoe's character. And, but then she realizes that, oh, yeah, she is a good dancer. And she deserves this way more than I do because I don't even want this. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that, I think that that was, that was kind of like what they were trying to show was that she gave, she handed it off to somebody who really did want it. And then, um, you know, that's the that's the thing is like I said, like no one in real life, no one would ever try to stop it or run up there or scream out or something. Like even whenever um, Maureen's mom sees what's going on, mm-hmm. she gets up, and I expected her to start <laughs> it's a such scene. A, such a long little cut of her out. trying to get out of the aisle <laughs> from where oh she's. Oh my sitting. god, that that's a great shot. And that, she's like, just like ramming shot. into and, people, and, it, and they're like, what, what? <laughs> And and then I got really upset at Cooper's show where he brings this fucking motorcycle on stage. And I was like, dude, if you did that in a real stage, they would kill you because like the weight of it and the I'm sure the it's floor a has, like, prop polish. motorcycle intended for. Oh, it, it was not a prop. Like he rides it like he rides it really <laughs> fast in one scene. And I'm like. If it's a prop, it's like a moped with like shit on it, but it's still making the motorcycle sound. Well, you can make sound and effects for pretty way, much anything, though. Like, but the sound mixing in this movie is really good, and I could tell it was like the actual bike making the noise. <laughs> and then when she, when he puts her on it, like you wouldn't throw somebody on a moped like that; it would just fall the fuck over. <laughs> like that bike was like real bike weight. And it, it was weird because it's like that, that whole dance scene is mind boggling. They go back to like a bed thing. Yeah, and like the, he the ballet her, sex and the, scene is probably the most awkward thing. Like, and it continues to be awkward like all these years later. Like, I get, I get it, but I also am like, I don't like watching this. <laughs> can the audience see it? Yes. Like, or how? Because they don't ever show a shot of the audience seeing it. Like, it looks like it's behind like a window thing. No, the window is the background. Like, I couldn't tell it because the way they edited it, it looked like they went backstage almost. And then. No, they did a. It's a cut. It's It's basically a cut from. As kind of as the audience is supposed to perceive it. Like, so you're not seeing them go backstage and have the set rearranged. You're just going straight to the next scene. Oh, okay. Because there's so many cuts in that part. Like, when they changed outfits, I thought we were in a flash forward to the future and they were like. No, it's just they're they're cutting it to like. To avoid like intermission and set changes because that's just going to take up 
time. Like, so you're you're seeing it as as basically yet, Cooper envisions it. Like, and and yet they showed us Maureen's mom walking out of an aisle like twenty seats in. I mean, I think maybe that's just to show how upset she was. Because <laughs> it's yeah, she's like she's just on a rampage there. She's like, get me out of here. Why is my daughter not they there? They did like. <laughs> They did like one of those David Fincher camera movements where it just kind of follows her head motion out of the aisle and then like she goes out to the she shoves people the, out of her way. It's Yeah. She goes to the lobby where those that really bad statue is of those I guess people that are dancing. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Something and, that was uh, in Lincoln Center. They have an argument. <laughs> they have an argument over uh Zoe Saldana being out there and Marine went to quit. And that argument basically just takes the place of that whole dance number. Like, you see the beginning of it, and then it just kind of goes outside. And I guess you do see the part where they're spinning around, like, they're, like, in a big circle around. <laughs> I also really like Sergey's reaction and, when he realizes that it's Eva and not Maureen. He's like, oh! <laughs> His eyes get really big. Yeah, like, yeah, that character is just kind of there to be, like, weirdly Russian. And <laughs> he, he's, he's pretty um, great. He picks up that, like, cougar woman with his mob line in the salsa club. <laughs> yeah which is just so random but so funny (laughs) i was gonna say the other thing about the sequels is neither one of them uses either this location or the same location because the school is different each time (laughs) you know it's meant to be the same place yeah and this the statue and like the entryway of the school was what i was looking for and in in the the third sequel, they're clearly in like a mall or airport because there's like a lot of escalators and stairs and shit. And <laughs> then in the second one, they're like in the hallway that seems to be the office for wherever they were shooting because it's like it's totally an office hall where the girls are waiting in line to go to the studio. But um, one of the things that's like really weird and and really it's there's a lot of stuff shot in New York on location. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff with the ferry where they're on, they're going out to the Statue of Liberty and the stuff where they're on Manhattan bridge and they're moving around in times square. Like that's clearly location shooting. Oh and, yeah. Um, this movie was definitely filmed in New York. They used uh, the Juilliard school a lot. They used Lincoln center, um, places like that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not that on the up and up about my New York. Like when they first showed the bridge, I was like, is that the Verrazano bridge? And I was like, that's not the Verrazano bridge. And I had to look up what bridge it was, which is pretty easy to do. Actually. <laughs> we were talking about the Marine and Eva switch. Were you surprised by that at all? Like when it does like that pan down to like um, Sergey's reaction and then you see Zoe's hand, you can see her hand. And I, I honestly, what I expected to happen, and this this again is like from newer film language. I expected some big dramatic thing to happen where she just wasn't there. You know, Marine, <laughs> Marine walks out or or something, and Zoe Saldana has to take her place mid mid thing because she, you know, is the person who could do it, and is the only person who would think on their feet to do it. Like the rest of the girls would just be kind of dumbfounded and stand there because they're, they're that's their part is to be in the background. And, you know, once again, like, realism over, you know, drama, like, just random drama is, like, people would just make plans to not be there. But they know. wouldn't plan to screw over the whole thing. Exactly. And 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 that's, that's like, like, like you said last time, like, I won't enjoy this movie as much as what you were saying about, like, me watching this movie. But I can appreciate when movies don't, like, you know, piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Mm-hmm. Because like there's so many things that happen in movies that or movies and TV shows too that are not realistic where people 
have fights because they don't say what they want to say to each other or they have secrets that they're keeping for no reason. Right. Um, you know, and and this movie doesn't really do any of that. And maybe that's why it feels almost like nothing's really happening because it's like it's it's a, it's it's very much like a character piece. Like everybody's characters are on display and they're they're going through like this moment in their life. But as far as like, you know, world ending drama or giant, you know, the school is closing stuff or even things that are smaller types of drama where someone just causes a scene. Like sure, there's some there's some stuff where Zoe Saldana causes a scene earlier on, but it's always in practice. It's never like actually during something important. Mm-hmm. It feels and, very it feels very organic to me. Like even like the chemistry between like all the the cast members like feels really good. Yeah, I <laughs> just slammed the glass <laughs> down in the background. Yeah, I mean that's definitely true. One of the funny things about I just thought about that because I, I actually did slam the glass down was there's a part where um. Cooper's drinking from a champagne flute, and I think it's right after he talked to Peter or something. Uh, not Peter, <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah. And he he throws the champagne flute back like he's angry to like drink the rest of the drink. And it's really funny because you can't look angry with the champagne flute like they're too <laughs> delicate, and you can't like you can't squeeze it or slam it back too hard because you might drop it and it'll break. You can't slam it on the table because the stem will break, and so. He did it as angrily as he could, and I was like, oh, that's just not angry enough, dude. Like, he should have just had a beer bottle or, like, the champagne bottle. Like, it would look more, like, aggressive or angry there. But, I mean, they're at a at a and, gala for the ballet. Like, they're, <laughs> it's not going to be, like, oh, a beer bottle. Another, uh, <laughs> another fun fact. In the dance-off between him and Charlie, it's clear they had to do a lot of takes because... His shirt gets sweatier, <laughs> yeah. Is, <laughs> it's not just... It's, like, exponentially sweat, sweatier. It's like a joke, almost. Because they start off, and, like, Cooper's dry, and then he's like, well, look at this, Charlie, and he does this thing, and then they cut to Charlie, and then Charlie will copy him, and they come back to Cooper, and, like, Cooper's chest is, like, soaked, <laughs> and so then they cut away again and cut back, and then, like, his armpits and chest are even more soaked. I was like, oh, come on, dude, you couldn't, like, mop this guy up for, like... Like, you know, but that, that's the thing about, like, people don't understand, like, when you have to deal with, like, shooting, if they had to actually, you know, handle that problem, they would have had to take his shirt off mm-hmm. Get and him a new change shirt. shirts out and then reset the whole thing to make sure. Well, actually, they're doing cuts, so they can they don't have to reset that hard because he's kind of pacing around anyway. But, um, you know, that's one of the things that that's why so many directors like, you know, like Fincher and a lot of people just don't use real blood because when you have to deal with those squibs blowing up constantly and getting fake blood all over the set, then you got to go back and do clean all the blood mm-hmm. up when you have to reset and it makes shooting expensive and hard. But it, it just made me laugh because it was so obvious, but it also is the kind of thing that isn't really a mistake. Like it, it's done for cost saving purposes and you can make the case that when he started to move and dance, the sweat on his body kind of stuck to the shirt more so you could see it. And that's what I kind of saw it as because, like, you know, that does kind of happen sometimes. But, I mean, like, it just made me laugh because it's so – they're so center of the well, – center stage when it happens. And it's so obvious because, like, it's only the two of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, like, I don't – I also don't know why Eric and Jody like, let this pissing contest go on and no one really says anything. Like, they're, like, slotting around and then, like, the one guy, I think it's Cooper, is, like, doing this weird jump spin over and over again like he's Mario. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, let's, let's like, face it, it's like, it's like a show for the two of them. Like, 
Yeah, I think Eric was just happy to see other men's butts because, like, I think he made a comment about that. And then I think Jody, Jody's too dumb to understand. See, I don't think Jody's happening. dumb. I, think, I she... think she's naive. I don't think she's dumb. <laughs> I feel like Jody's a little stupid. Like, I don't feel like she's like you know Karen from Mean Girls stupid, but I feel like Jody's a little slow in the uptake. No, see, I just, and, I think, I mean, it might. I think she's a, a very relatable character because, unlike a lot of movies, like even especially dance movies, like. She's not good at everything. She actually kind of sucks at things. And she works really hard to, like, yeah. get over it. I mean, yeah, but most dance movies, this is not really a dance movie, though. Like, that's the thing. Most dance movies are showcasing crazy dancing. And they don't show a lot of the practice. And even when the practices happen and, like, step up and shit, they're, like, they're actually just dance numbers in disguise where everybody suddenly is super in sync. Like, this movie actually shows like oh their their hardships and like you know their feet being oh hurt. yeah the feet and stuff is so gross but I mean it's so re- it's so real like that's it's not as bad as the feet stuff in uh, Black Swan which is way 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 I mean way, way, okay way without this movie I don't think there ever would have been a Black Swan <laughs> like because this is just one that like uh, I, mean, I think really I, I don't it's know. squeaked by I think for a lot of people but it is a very well known dance movie if you're into dance movies I mean Black Swan's a pretty fucked up film and um. I think it's hard to tell if this is like a direct influence, but I, I don't think it's a direct influence, but I think it's something that helped bring like ballet to kind of main attention. Yeah. And you know, I don't think this is maybe not a thing that's big anymore, but a lot of, when I was a kid, like there were girls in my class that would said they wanted to be ballerinas and they, you know, these girls were 10, eight, eight or 10 years old, you know, and they had no dancing training yet. They were not dancing anywhere, you know, except for maybe in their room alone. And it was, it was just kind of like, it was like when you said you wanted to be a princess or you wanted to be, you know, some mm-hmm. other crazy thing, like an astronaut that's super hard to get into. And I think that a lot of, well, princess, you can't just go be a princess, but you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like these girls kind of dreamed about that and they wanted to be, you know, into that sort of thing. And so I could see that being popular for, especially for young girls. But then this movie is kind of damper, puts kind of a damper on it because it's just like, Oh yeah, this thing you want to do, it's really fucking hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I think, and, I think this movie goes into like a lot of like realities about like, especially the ballet sector. Like it's about money <laughs> and it's about, you know, having like these very weird requirements. Like you have to have a certain kind of body. Like Jody's obviously a beautiful character, but, like, she's constantly told she doesn't have the right body type and things like that. Like, yeah, that, just a very a brutal world. <laughs> there's a black swan line that stuck with me when they tell um, they tell her about the her head type is too is the wrong head type. And, you know, and it was it was because I don't know much about ballet. So it was, it stuck with me. I was like her head type. And I think I kind of looked it up back then. I was like, Oh, this is a whole weird thing they do in ballet, mm-hmm. I guess. And, and it also, there's not as many dance numbers in this as there is like practice numbers where people are actually like doing real types of practice. Right. And I think it's kind of neat because they show, they show kind of like, the repetition and what they make, what they're making the girls do over and over again and what the guys are doing over and over again. And like the, the kind of like athleticism and training they're going through more than it is just like showcasing, look at this cool shit they can do. Now, of course that happens sometimes. Right. But, like, but I mean, they, they show you that it's, it's it, actually work to get there. 
Like, and even before, like, the final performance, like, you see, like, Cooper going to Jody, like, hey, you really need to, like, get your spins right. Like, they haven't been going great in practice. Like, and this is our final performance. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's definitely some people that have, like, a natural talent. And there's some people that, that are, that haven't, having to work for it. And I think that that definitely shows better in this movie than, like, like you said, Step Up is more just, like, a showcase of who can do what cool thing you know mm-hmm. i mean and that's that's just how kind of more like the modern dancers are they're just they're showing cool dancing rather than like telling you a story about dancers like working towards something and, and yeah and also like modern dance is a lot more subjective and a lot like more free form so the moves aren't as like tried and true they're not as specific they're not as like set in stone there's a very specific technique to ballet which is why ballet is so hard yeah as a body type and a body form and like with modern dance a lot of it is like if you do it and you don't hurt yourself or like you know someone else you're probably doing it right oh i meant to tell you earlier there's a song somewhere that i'm pretty sure i knew but i didn't hunt for it so i just was like i'm not gonna look that up I'll just leave it <laughs> was alone. it one of the michael jackson songs no, no, no. This song is like it's it's background music played when they're oh crap. Uh, I think it's a montage going on or they're they're going somewhere. I can't the remember. The Friends there's, Forever there's a, montage. A, it might have been that, but I don't remember. There's a lot of montaging happening because there's some montages. They're very like, short this, montages this though in this one. Um, like even like when there, the one where they're going out for Eric's birthday. Though. Like it's it's the that's the Friends Forever one that I call it because like they're all like standing up Friends in the limo and <laughs> like it's just oh, yeah, the, it feels like it kind that, of belongs in a right Mary there, Kate and Ashley movie. <laughs> I, I've never seen a Mary Kate and Ashley movie, but I've seen Full House, and I was going to say that like that standing up in the limo thing is is every find me a movie from the late nineties or early two thousands where someone has a limo and doesn't stand up in it and. I'll give you like a hundred dollars because there's almost <laughs> always a person standing up in a limo out the top, and I can tell you right now that shit does not happen because the limousine driver will just stop and yell at you because they'll know you're doing it, you know? Yeah, no, it's just like that. Just that's I call that the friends forever much time because it's them just like all having fun and like taking pictures and it's cute, but it's also very very short. It's like thirty seconds. <laughs> this could be one of our things. Like we could talk about friends forever montages because I'm sure they'll come up again because they come up a lot in movies. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see Maureen's mom seeing them and she's pissed. She's like, "What? My oh, daughter yeah, has she's friends like, and she's not practicing." Yeah, she's like, she has friends and she's going outside. She's kissing a boy. You know, the dude's fun. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really weird. Like her mom worked at the school, so I guess she could kind of you know be around that. But it was just funny that her mom is like. Standing on like a rooftop or something, scowling. It's like she's she's on a rooftop. She's like on like the bridge, like walking to the school. Oh, (laughs) it's like a thing from Gargoyles. She's just standing there scowling at them. Like, well, I think I mean I know obviously it is it is like extremely different behavior for Maureen because Maureen hasn't had any of that in the past. The way the way they shoot that that last scene of her standing up there is it is very much like it's it's like very cartoon villainy like they're standing above them like looking down like oh this, these you know these insolent fools or whatever like um <laughs> like she's the claw or some shit well, so, i mean she is like the only true villain of like of the movie like everyone else kind of gets revealed to have like good intentions as much as they do terrible things and she's like the only one that like she says she has good intentions but she clearly doesn't <laughs> 
I feel like Jonathan's a shitty person, but he's like he's like a realistic shitty person. He's like normal. I mean, Maureen's mom is realistic. Like, there's definitely moms like that out there. Right, she's a stage mom. But I, I just, she's a stage mom. It's like, it's dance moms. It's just like, it's the other side of dance moms. Well, you do know the girl uh, from the third movie is one of the dance mom girls, right? The young girl? The main character, Bella? Chloe. I don't, I don't know the, her character's yeah. name is, but I know the actress is Chloe. Her name was her name was Bella in the movie. If that's yeah, not she's from the Dance Moms like, show. Oh, like she was on there as like a contestant. Well, not as a contestant, but as one of the girls. Yes, they're <laughs> oh, not contestants on that show. I mean. They're it's, it's yeah, a dance they're school. like just it's like a reality show. <laughs> yes. So this is the most awkward thing because it just seems out of place. Like she comes out at the end, and like a crowd gathers around her, and they're like cheering for her and stuff. And then it cuts to the art picture ratio, you know, like where the black bars are at the bottom and top, even when you have a widescreen. Mm-hmm. Like that's that art picture ratio so they can actually get the full frame of the camera in. And it's so weird because the the camera goes all handheldy, like, but it's like obviously on a crane because it's going up really high. And like, what are they doing here? Like, it looks like a different camera, even. Like the, the picture gets darker and grainier. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. <laughs> one of, so, one of my favorite lines from uh, Zoe's character, Eva. So she's talking about Jonathan when he kind of is like hinting to Jody that she should drop out of school. And she goes, being nice when saying something pricky is even prickier. <laughs> it's just such a, I mean, it's such a, it, that's so true. And it's just something like you can relate to. And just the way she says it, and she's just like, she's so protective of Jody, like the whole movie. It's great. She's kind of their dance mom. Like she's taking, like she protects, she protects all of them. Well, like. I just, I love that she's, she's considered like the bad girl, but like she wears things like lime green polo shirts <laughs> and like patch jackets. And like, that just, that cracks me up. I would think that it's probably also more of a class thing than a race thing a lot of the time. It's just that she happens to also be the only character of color that's like... Right, and I mean, they establish that, yeah, she's and, poor, she's there on scholarship. Um, yeah, Eric, Eric is definitely like... I almost said coded as gay. Eric is completely gay. Oh, like, yes. Eric, Eric is definitely like... They don't even just code him, they say directly that he's gay. And they don't make a big deal out of it, but... They actually Eric make a bigger deal about Charlie like... being straight because all the girls crowd around and like, is he straight? <laughs> <laughs> and it that just tells yeah, you like I remember that. They're like giggling. And everyone's like attraction to him and to Cooper, just like that tells you like I think how limited like the straight male dancer pool is. I'm sure that you had like a little crush on Cooper. Cooper looks like well, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I think this is the, the first time movie. that I've watched the movie that I'm actually older than him. <laughs> Because, like, every time I've seen this movie before, like, I was younger. <laughs> like, oh, this is creepy now. So, like, he always just seemed, like, way older to me. So I thought it was always weird that he was into Jody, you know? Because, I mean, that is a problematic relationship for a lot of reasons. But, like, now that I'm, like, actually, like, his age is slightly older than the age his character is in this movie. And I'm like, this is just really weird. <laughs> like, he actually isn't that old. But I always assumed he just, he seemed so much older and more mature. At least this girl was 18, but I think I think there's a big difference than, like, when you're in your 20s and you're, you're dating 18-year-olds, you can do that, but they have to be, like, mature 18-year-olds. They can't be, like, naive, idealistic, wide-eyed Disney 18-year-olds who don't understand. And if they are, you have to set clear boundaries and explain to them what you're doing, because that was the thing Cooper didn't do when he, like, took her back to his apartment. Right, but I mean, it's and, also something he's been kind of building up to like so like i like i see both sides of it like obviously like yeah he was kind of only looking for one thing but like he also been giving her signals like throughout the year of like 
that he's attracted to her. So I can see why she would think that it might be more. Oh, but what I'm saying is that, like, I'm not saying that it's her fault. I'm saying that oh, no, I it's don't his think fault that, for not saying like, a I, can, I can see, like, yeah, she's very naive about it. Like, she doesn't ask him anything. Like, it's never really established. <laughs> she just kind of goes into it, like, yeah, it's fine. Like, he, he's going to love me forever and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, it's just really funny. And, and she's not a bad-looking girl or, like, awkward or anything, but I think that, I think that she kind of thought she'd be that new whatever his ex-girlfriend's name was. I don't remember. I don't know that she was, like, specifically thinking that that's what she'd be, because, like, obviously she wasn't, like, responding to him earlier because she was super shy. Like, I think she, just to her, I think when things graduate to, like, sex, like, that that means something to her. She's, like, they make it, they establish, obviously, that she's from a small town in, like, Indiana. Like, she is the naive, like, small town girl. Yeah, her poor parents were so. Her small parents town. were probably the, like, the worst actors in the entire movie. <laughs> they they remind me of Fred's parents off Angel, where they're just like, "Oh yeah, for our little Fred, blah blah." I'm like, "Oh, these poor people." <laughs> like, like, they, her dad it, has the weirdest line at the end of the movie. Like they come backstage after her big performance, and like, she's yeah. her dad's like, her mom's like, "Oh, we'll see you back at the dorm." So her dad's like, "Yeah, we'll see you back at the dorm." <laughs> it's like the weirdest. Yeah, like, it's such a weird <laughs> line read. I'm like, what is that supposed like, to entail? They, they are, and then you don't actually see them the rest of the movie. <laughs> so it doesn't matter, but... Well, I mean, there's not very much else after true. that. True. But they, they are... They, they're pretty bad actors, but I mean, it it could be worse. Just just believe me. <laughs> this movie has a large cast. Like, when, like, not in terms of, like, the main cast, but, like, in terms of, like, extras. Mm-hmm. Like, the INDB page is just madness. Like, there's so many extra dancers running around. Right, and then they, they list and it, it feels... like, because the credits for the movie are in alpha, or not in alpha, but they're in order of appearance. So you get, like, all these random people that oh, you yeah. don't what know. Oh, yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, who does that anymore? Well, I think, and then on INDB... I think because this is a movie, like, where there were no big, big names attached. Like, Peter Gallagher was probably, like, the biggest name at the time that this came out. Yeah, Peter Gallagher is, was a pretty big dude even back then, and now you know he's one of those like silver foxy type dudes who you see in like older man roles, who's like meant to be like clearly attractive but also <laughs> older. Um, I didn't see the OC, so I guess that's what he did on there. Like that's what that's what terrible parents do on TV shows is you know they sleep with their kids' friends and shit. Um, <laughs> that's what. <laughs> And I mean, the parents in this movie aren't all terrible. Like, Emily's mom seemed really great. Emily's mom was the nicest person in the movie. She tells them, you know, you girls do what you, you know. She's like, do what makes you, you happy. You You're all beautiful. Do. Don't let anyone else say anything else. It's like, that's such a nice thing to I, say. I honestly, like, I felt really bad for Emily because Emily was like, I felt like she was like the prettiest girl there. And then they were so mean to her and called her fat. And like, like, like she has the wrong body type, maybe, I guess, whatever. But she was, like, not fat. Like, there was nothing fat about that girl. And then other girls were talking shit about her, too. Like, they were, like, saying, like, oh, she's too big for this. And, yeah, Maureen and, and her like, mom were the Maureen. ones that kind of started it. Yeah. Like, yeah, Maureen and her mom, like, were terrible about that girl. And I was like, this girl is regular size. Like, even if she – actually, she's below regular size, though, because she's still at a ballet school. Right. And it pisses me off because it felt like the school took her – you know, a few months ago, and I don't think she gained any weight while there. So, like, why are they, you know, acting like they didn't expect this girl to be that size when they took her that size? Like, if you didn't want her there, you could have given the spot to somebody else who you wanted there. 
I mean, I think it's it's implied that uh, she, Anna, and Maureen are all, like, from the the school that, from being younger, they have all been there. So, they, they kind of have oh, a was Emily better there shot. Yeah. Okay, so I guess it's just that she was there from being younger. Mm-hmm. And then, the like, same way Maureen was, her, yeah. I guess, tone it down some. I was just curious what you thought about um, Jody's rejection of Charlie on the boat. Because I actually really like that scene. Because, again, it goes back to, like, there's just no, there's no, like, contrived drama. Like, she's just very open, like, that would be great, but I'm seeing somebody. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. Oh, that, that was, that was what, that was what I was like, oh, Jody's stupid. That was, that was, that's where I wrote that note at, actually. I was what? like, oh, she's not very bright. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's funny, because I've. I forgot where I wrote it, but when you told me what, with that scene, I was like, oh, that's right. That's where I wrote that note. I was like, I was like, oh, Jody's not very bright. Poor Jody. Like, how is she stupid in that, like, that moment? Like, she's being honest with Charlie. I'm not saying, like, in that moment. I just mean, like, that she thought that there was something going on with Cooper. I just was like, oh, she thinks that this is, like, a thing now. But, I mean, she's 18, and this is, like, her first, like, kind of, re- like, relationship-esque experience. Yeah. I guess that's what they were trying to go for. I you don't know much about her past. She could have dated people in her little town or whatever. But it just it just felt like she was reading so much into what was going on with Cooper, and Charlie was clearly like telegraphing that he liked her earlier. Right, on, and like, I mean she was too. But then, but I mean I think I think it's to her credit that she's like, well, I there is someone, and I don't want to like lead you on here. Yeah. I mean, it's not like she's like, you know, doing the whole Bella Swan thing or she's going to just play both sides till one wins out. Right. She's and she's being pretty op- upfront about it. And I think it's I think it's, it's, it's pretty mature. I don't think a lot of people would handle it that way. I mean, it's nice that she definitely says, I mean, honestly, I think that I think that I think that you're wrong there. I think most people handle it that way. I think most of the time <laughs> in real life, when you approach a woman or a man and they're dating somebody. I mean, but I mean, like in adult, a movie, like most people aren't going to handle oh, yeah, it that in a way. Movie, <laughs> in a movie, in, in, first off, they could have done the dumber route where she just didn't realize it was a date thing because he didn't really say date. And then they go out and then she's like, what? You're trying no, to No, she asked him like me. a date oh, and he goes, you know. yeah. But I mean, she she asked him, but she could have just not said anything and been, oh, this is the date, like when they got out and like freaked out on him or something, which would be the more movie thing to do. I guess that's true. I mean, I just, I, I appreciate it. And it's like, it's, again, this movie just, it doesn't like invent drama in places where it easily could. It's not trying to make a bunch of like false, you know, just add water drama. <laughs> right. And I think that's, I think to me, that's why like, they, everyone seems like good friends because like they're not doing shit to like like fuck each other over all the time they're actually like being up front with everybody and they have a few squabbles and stuff yeah. but like nothing that's like friendship ending or like that should be friendship ending but somehow isn't <laughs> <laughs> we see so much in movies that is not normal mm-hmm. but it's like the language of film and we're used to seeing it in the context of a film and so we accept it. But in reality, like the things we see engaged in in film would not go over well. This movie is just realistic in a way that you don't typically see. And I think that that kind of makes it feel boring because you're <laughs> like, oh, well, uh, they're not doing anything. No one's getting into a fist fight or anything. Like, I honestly thought that they were going to fight on stage at the end when they started like fight dancing. I was like, oh, this is part of the thing. Cooper's ballet, like, is something I never really thought about before because, like, I was. 
saw it as like relation to like Jody Cooper Charlie that love triangle, but it's actually more directly from the it's about Jonathan Cooper Kathleen love triangle. Oh no, it's totally, it's totally. I, I honestly think, and this is why I think Cooper's more villainous. In my head, I feel like he led her on, and then made that musical to kind of like poke at his ex-girlfriend because he obviously shows that relationship off to a degree in front of his ex like he speaks to her and stuff in front of her and then the musical like after and maybe he didn't set it up that way but after he sees her at his ballet and his ex is nearby he then casts her in his show and his ex is going to be there watching it and yeah you're, you're right like in my head, I at first thought, oh, this is about the three of them. But it's like the real meaning that he wrote it for was about his past relationship and the kind of like spit in Jonathan's face like in his own like, school. To an extent, but I, I mean, it obviously ends up with like a stronger ending than the real one where, she, you know, she chooses the director. But in in the in the production, the character that Jody's playing actually like chooses herself and dancing. Yeah, she goes to like she actually kind of like goes behind the group of people and she's like cut off from them, and that was a kind of neat thing. But I I think that that was like a dramatic flourish on his part, like he, that he was writing about his own past. Right? Relationship no, it's obviously inspired by that, ending. but he does like see that it, he get, he gives it a better stage ending. Yeah, and I mean. That was kind of a neat way to take that because they definitely, they definitely built it up as being like what you said first, but it totally was about the other thing. And so along with that, like end number, the the song that they use, "Can't Heat," everyone always talks about it like it's from Napoleon Dynamite, and that always drives me nuts because it was in this movie like years before. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't really remember the That's song. That's the song that Napoleon I, I Dynamite saw... dances to in his movie, and everyone like I saw it once. I saw it once too, and I hated it, but. Everyone, like, I just remember everyone, like, was always playing that song because they're like, oh, it's the Napoleon Dynamite dance song. I was like, no. <laughs> it's from Center Stage. It's funny, like, it's it's funny to me the things that you hate and the things you say you hate. And, like, <laughs> I mean, that's when we kind of agree on. Like, I'm not a Napoleon Dynamite fan either. I didn't get it. Like, I watched it and I was like, I don't really get this. Like, I mean, this I saw it well after funny. it was, like, fodder for everyone's jokes when I was in ninth grade. So, like... <laughs> I was already sick of it, so I don't think I ever stood a chance of liking it. But I didn't like it, so. I mean, I saw it after it got big, but it was definitely like, it was just unimpressive. That's kind of how I feel about Scarface and Wet Hot American Summer. Like, I saw them and I was like, this is it? Like, that's all that there is to this thing? Wet Hot American Summer has gotten better with its inclusion of the two new Netflix series, which are actually pretty funny. But as a film by itself, the movie it's not itself, great. <laughs> the movie itself is not. And the movie itself is not funny. I'm like, why is this such a big thing? Like, sometimes you see a cult thing and you're like, oh, this is why this is so big. But, like, that I was like, oh, this is. And the people I saw that were enjoying it and, like, going on and on about it, I was like, these are people I trust their opinions of. And they're just not right in this instance. Like, this is not <laughs> impressive. Like, I mean, both celebrity people and personal friends I know who are, like, all about this movie. And I was like, I, I tried to watch it. And I was like, this is shit. And I cut it off at, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> like, I watched more I watched more of the center stage sequels than I did without American Summer. That's how, that's how like, much it annoyed me. 
That's um, weird. Like, I don't know. I mean, I get that you don't like it, but, like, it's weird to say that you don't like this something so severely when you haven't even seen the whole thing. I mean, I saw other parts of it, too, because uh, I was in the room and someone else was watching it after that. But, I, but like, those other parts reinforced my opinion of, I won't give this thing a second chance. Like, sometimes I'll see a thing and I'll, I'll cut it off. And I'll give it a second chance, and I really like it. Like Legends of Tomorrow, I, I, I cut that off midway through the first episode. And then I came back later and watched it, and I was like, oh, this is really good. And I, I really enjoy it now. But it was the kind of thing where I think it was more, in that case, it was more about not quality, but that I didn't get it because I hadn't seen the other shows that related to it. But in this case, it was like, this is definitely the first one of these things, and I get it. It's just not what I want to see. Gotcha. And so I know you think this movie is really, like, you don't think it's, like, really boring, but, like, you see how people think it's boring. But it's, like, it's funny because, like, I could actually, I feel like I could watch these characters, like, even further past, like, the end of this movie. <laughs> I would just watch them for a long time. I mean, it's not, it's not that it's, that it's boring. It's just, like, real life is not particularly, like, super exciting either. And it was kind of like that, like... There's no, like, there, there's no, like, guns or fights or, you know, like, super bad arguments. Like, people resolve things like real people, and it, it's realistic, but that doesn't go over well with audiences. That's why movies... <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's I why understand that, but it's interesting. Like, I, just, I feel like beam. I could watch these people just live out their lives. Like, I watch these characters just live their lives, and I would be cool like if there was a tv show from that or something <laughs> I, you weren't joking like you really like this movie. i do like, like really really like it like most of my notes like i have not read most of them because a lot of them are like oh i really like that that was great I, that makes me laugh like <laughs> <laughs> like if this movie i think easily could have been maureen's movie because i think she has the most like character growth throughout the whole movie where her personality is like markedly different from it is from the beginning I think if you wanted a movie about a character who doesn't change and kind of makes the world change around them, you could you could make a movie about Zoe Saldana because she really just kind of like forces everybody to see things her way. Like the <laughs> well, only she change does. she does. I shows, mean, she changes like her leotard and stuff so she can, you know. Well, I mean, but the only change she shows really like personality wise is towards Juliet. And I think it's only because Juliet kind of comes to her that one time as like Jonathan's, you know, like he's a prick but this is all you're gonna find like yeah but you're gonna find a lot of pricks you know throughout this career and then she goes on to say the whole thing about you know you're here to dance and like you come back to dancing and like that was the only time that and the part where she asks for help from Juliet later the only times in the movie where she like shows any different personality type than what she'd showed before and it's not that her personality is bad I mean like you said she's protective of the other girls which is a great thing but She's the least changed character out of all the main characters. Like, Jody changes and then she gets more mature and kind of thinks for herself. And, you know, at the end, she could have, she didn't even, she doesn't even know if they were going to pick her. So that's, that's my final question they, for you. Do you think she would have made it? Uh, Probably so. I mean, the dancing she did had to be more than competent at the end there. And I think that we're expected to think she was going to make it because. I mean, I don't know, because like they don't have it in the script. But, you know, it felt to me like they were going to pick her. Like, that she just didn't care to know. Because she was like, I'm going to say yes if they say they'll pick me, because that's the kind of person I am. See, I don't, I don't think she would have made it, necessarily. Because Jonathan had been very clear with her, like, throughout 
like her year in the program that he didn't think she had the body type. He didn't think she was a good enough dancer. And well, he's not I the mean, one that cast her, obviously, in his ballet, like Cooper did. So. Yeah, but I think that I think that Jonathan can also appreciate her her strength, and that her being in the background would have been with, like she didn't want to be a background dancer, right. and that's what the difference was. Well, that's a big thing, but it's like I also don't necessarily think she would have been picked. I don't know. I kind of get the impression she might not have been picked. Because also, we, we see that Jonathan does hold some grudges. <laughs> like, he he de- he definitely wouldn't have been cool with, like, her doing, you know, that the more modern style of dance that Cooper was working with. Like, he truly yeah, didn't I'm understand it. Like, at the end of the performance, like, he was, like, all dumbfounded that people were enjoying it. Like... I mean, like, I also, I also think that the movie gives Cooper a lot of credit for what he's doing because, like, Jonathan was was making like what he thought was art, but it felt to me like Cooper was just masturbating on stage, <laughs> and so, like, do you really think that when Cooper wrote that shit that there was a bike in it and all that other shit for Eric to do? I don't think so. I think that he definitely, when he got up there and had to do the part himself, he did a bunch of stuff to change it. See, I don't think that. And I don't think that at all. I think you really, you really think that he had Eric ride the bike in and like, yes. oh, like I just, I feel like, I feel like Cooper, if he did have those things in there, he made them more prominent than they were. Like, I feel like maybe the bike was there, but it was just sitting on stage, and then he had to ride it around and put her on that's it. A, and... To me, that's, like, a really weird thing to just infer, because you don't know that at all. Like, and they, it, when he talks with Eric at the end, like, Eric's like, yeah, you did a pretty good job filling in for me. So, like, I think there wasn't anything that was significantly changed. I think Eric was more just, like, making a joke of, like, I mean, obviously it's a joke, a but, like, I don't think that it was, like, it's not like he said anything like, yeah, you really added something I couldn't have done, or something like that, like... It could have been a different like, joke yeah, well, if there was like if it was like what was all that shit right like <laughs> I mean like yeah it's just like th- this is the thing I do a lot like you've probably noticed it from me telling you things I think about things in movies and shows but it just felt to me like it felt to me like even if it wasn't that he changed it that it still was like he just was like out there just like beating off all over the stage because he could show off in front of these people like he invited the press to like you know even to the the rehearsals and i think that it was really more about cooper and that 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 also kind of set jonathan off because jonathan probably used to sort of be cooper and he's too old now and he's not anymore but i mean and obviously like yes cooper is trying to get attention so that he can start his own company like that's that's a pretty big deal but i also think that because jody would have been embracing like a lot of cooper's technique and style of things i think that would have turned jonathan off he already didn't care for her (laughs) Like, why would that have changed his mind? Just because Cooper cast her in the lead in something that Jonathan himself hated. I mean, obviously, it's not meant to be a question that's answered. It's meant to be, like, ambiguous because he chooses not to even hear it. Because they could have easily just been like, oh, I was going to pick her, too, you know? <laughs> like, when she right. left the room, like... <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, like, who's the next I one I kind of expected that. <laughs> I kind of expected them to, like, pull up a card or something, and it's like, oh, she's picked. Oh, she left. Oh, Okay. But you know, it's not it's not about that, and I get. I mean, that's that's important. It's not about that. It's about right. what she chooses to do over what you know. It's it's her making her own path instead of you know going, kind of with the expected. 
flow. And standing up to John uh, to Cooper. That too. Because he's uh, kind of a bad person. <laughs> he's a bad man. He's he's bad at personal life. <laughs> yeah, personal life not so great. But clearly, he's a great dancer. So, you know. Yeah. Okay, I guess I haven't asked you like overall. What did you think of the movie? It was okay. Um, I mean, like I said, it's not my kind of movie, but it wasn't like it was painful to watch. I just sat through Justice League, which is some of the worst editing I've seen since Suicide Squad, which is <laughs> to say, you know, it's pretty bad editing. And I've sat through a lot of bad movies recently just on my own. And this is not a bad movie. It's not my bag, uh, but it's also relatable and realistic. And the people feel like real people. And there's some cool stuff in it. Like, there's some there's some stuff that they do dancing that I'm just kind of like, I don't really understand how that works with a human body. But okay. Um, Ballet is like, there, tricky business. Yeah, there's. it's more like some of the stuff with the men where they're doing like those really fast jump spins. I think it's Cooper that's doing that. I talked about it earlier. Like I feel like Cooper's ankles would just explode because he's doing it so quickly and that's a lot of pressure and, and height he's doing. Uh-huh. And then, you know, like there's some flexible stuff, which obviously like women are flexible and that, that happens a lot in, in dance movies. But... It's just it's it's always impressive to see what some people can do with their bodies, you know, without like seriously injuring themselves or whatever. But I mean, a lot of dancers do get injured because it is it's like such high stress stuff, and it's yeah, not. I mean, natural. you see her feet. You see her feet like cut up from the the weird. Yeah, and you see all the weird shit they do with their shoes. Oh, I love that like, scene. Like hammering just to show on you, shoes. like how they break their shoes in. And we know what you thought. Like I don't, I don't really ever ask you what you. Well, thought I mean, about I've seen movies, these movies before. You know, it's it's more about me making yeah. you watch these things. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole. That's what the show is about. Like, <laughs> like we should just every time try to state that where we should just be like, yeah, the show. That's what the show this is, is about. The show like, where I make Justin watch things that I am appalled that he has not seen already. And so I guess with that we can kind of close this out. Oh, did you want me to um, tell you what we're watching next week? Well, I was going to ask you that before you asked me to ask you that. But yeah, what are we watching next time, Laura? We are going to be watching the 1954 (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock classic, Rear Window. I've never heard of that one. I have seen some Hitchcock stuff. Nope. What? I have. So, big spoiler. I used to watch Alfred Hitchcock Presents as a child because it was on Nick Night, and I remember that. I remember thinking it was a scary show, but it wasn't scary. It was like scary it's in the way a Twilight my mom Zone calls things show. scary. Yeah, it was scary in the way my mom calls things scary, as in they're not scary at all. She's just saying that for some reason. And, um, like, I, I'm familiar with Hitchcock. Like, he's definitely like, you know, everybody knows who Hitchcock is. So I'm kind of interested to see what this is because, like, like I said, I don't know what it is. I can't yet. believe you've never um, heard of it. I'm just, I'm like even more shocked. Hey, let's not do all that again. <laughs> um, like, uh, so I guess that's gonna be about it for us this week. You can find the podcast uh, online at Last Chance Theater uh, on Dot com. Sorry, wait, no, on Twitter we are. No, on Twitter we're what at uh, Last, Last Chance, Chance Thtr. Okay, and on at, well, lastchancetheater.com is the website, and we're on Facebook and I think Instagram now too. But there's probably nothing up there, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> we 
there will be content on there soon. We've, we've got all the social media handles. We'll let you know when things yeah, appear. And, and when things are going to go up there or, you know, we'll just, you know, follow them for details. And uh, where can they find you at, Laura? You can find me on all the social media at Laura XJ. And where can they find you? <laughs> it's pretty easy to find her. And I'm um, on Twitter at CTK86 and on Instagram at Lens of Justin. Um, you know, very different things, but I don't know why I did that. It's, that's bad for branding. <laughs> that is bad for branding. Got to fix that. Yeah, I know. I know. So join us next time. Not next week, but a week after that. When we're going to watch Rear Window from Last Chance Theater, I've been Justin. I'm Laura. Bye. Bye.